Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Rebuild. I'm Henry Ettinger. Going solo here for quick, immediate takeaways from the Browns win over the Texans. 31-21, the final. Jordan and I will be on to break things down in more detail tomorrow. He couldn't make it tonight. So just me, but wanted to get something out to the listeners after this win on Victory Monday. Now, it's a great thing that the Browns won, of course. But like we talked about last week, not all wins and losses are created equal. And there are some in the NFL community that will disagree with that statement. But that's just not how I like to, to cover the game. I think that, frankly, lacks nuance when you're discussing football. Yes, you only have 16 or now 17 results. So wins are incredibly important no matter how they come. Losses are incredibly devastating no matter how they come. But you look at a game like last week against the Chiefs and you understand the circumstances the Browns were in. And Jordan and I both came on the show and gave a lot of optimism about the Browns, even though they lost, because there were reasons there to be optimistic when you took a look at the circumstances. It wasn't just black and white. There was some gray. And look, the same can be true in a win. And the same can be true about this week with pessimism. The Browns won this game. They won it by 10 points. But it wasn't a great game for the Browns. It was not an encouraging game for the future of the Browns. And for those of you that are out there saying, you know, you're being too critical, the Browns won. To me, this is a compliment to the Browns, what I'm about to do. And that's be critical of them because the Browns should not be comparing themselves to the Houston Texans. Frankly, they shouldn't be comparing themselves to an average NFL team at this point. They deserve to be compared with the other elite franchises in the NFL, with the other teams in their division, the Ravens, who just won on Sunday night football against the Chiefs as I'm recording this, against the Steelers, who beat the Bills last week, against the Bills, against the Chiefs. Those are the teams that the Browns are trying to compete with and how they need to be thinking in order to win. And and Kevin Stefanski said the same thing in the post-game press conference. They did not play their best. They have to correct some of the mistakes. So that's how I look at it, right? Like, I wouldn't want my coaching staff to be like, well, we won, so we're just going to move on. No, I want them to think, okay, we won, but there was a lot there that we need to fix. The best teams, when they win, correct things. Kevin Stefanski basically said as much in the postgame is great teams, when they win, are still self-critical. And the Browns need to be self-critical, especially on the defensive side of the football, because I don't care what the final score was. That was a poor defensive performance. It was. This is not the Kansas City Chiefs. We gave this defense a little bit of a pass last week because they were playing the best offense in the NFL. who had 35 points through three quarters against the Ravens today. The Houston Texans are not the Kansas City Chiefs. That, and I don't, you know, Brandon Cooks is not Tyree Kill. Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay 
are their best weapons probably on this offense. Tyrod Taylor as the quarterback is a, a perennial, you know, bridge quarterback, but yet he was entirely comfortable in the first half, 10 of 11, 125 yards, moving the ball up and down the field. And the reason to me this was concerning was it wasn't just the linebackers who are the, the people I was critical of last week. I actually thought some of the linebackers played okay. I thought Malcolm Smith had a good game, had that great pick. I thought Taki Taki was actually all over the field. I thought he had a really nice game. Mac Wilson, I'm, everybody on this podcast knows my thoughts about him, the, the tackling, I can't, I can't do. It's just I can't do it. But in this game, it was a lot more than just the linebackers that struggled. And as I said, I think as a unit, they might have had the best day, actually. But the secondary, I mean, that first drive, I was shocked that the Texans went at Denzel Ward out of all people in our secondary. And it worked. It worked. Denzel Ward could not stop the Texans' passing attack. And that has to be concerning because that's the guy you think, okay, well, that you know, if anybody's going to know what they're doing in our secondary, if there's anybody we can rely on, it's our number one corner who's been a pro bowler who's a top 10 corner in the league, but he didn't look very good. And in general, I thought the secondary looked lost. They were slow to react. They again struggled in space. Really, really concerning stuff against a passing attack that's just not all that threatening. So were the Texans better than everybody thought coming into the season? Yeah, but it's not saying, you know, they're a great offense. They're not. Taylor's not a great quarterback. And the defense got bailed out. They got bailed out by the fact that Davis Mills came into this game. That's what happened. And even, you know, we talk all about the, the secondary, the linebackers who, you know, the defensive line was, the, they were the guys I praised last week. Great pressure rate against Mahomes. Oh, he escapes a lot, but, but they won their matchup. Not this week. Ooh, no, not this week. You know, the only sack the Browns had today against the Texans O-line was a Grant Delpit safety blitz with two minutes left in the game. Now, I saw a lot of criticism for Miles Garrett, and I'm sorry, that's not, it was not Miles' Garrett's fault. Number one, he matched up against Laramie Thompson, one of the best left tackles in the league. Yes, you would like him to win that matchup more than you know a, a couple times in, in the game but he also got double teamed a fair amount and if you go back and watch I, I suspect you'll see the same thing so okay Garrett gets taken out of the game that's fine most teams are going to try to do that and, and the Texans actually have one of the few left tackles that's probably going to be able to do a pretty good job there but where were the other defensive linemen today where was Malik McDowell I know he got banged up early but Malik McDowell did not have the same impact today. Where was Jadavion Clowney today? He was playing a backup right tackle who should be a guard. That's who the Texans are starting at right tackle. And the Texans offensive line unit in general was considered a bottom three unit coming into the year, even with Laramie Tunsil, because that's how bad they thought the other positions were going to perform. 
And yes, they, they, they looked okay against the Jags last week, but the Jags D line ain't the Browns D line. And, and Tyra Taylor was comfortable back there. Very, very comfortable. So, Oh, and, and one other thing, and maybe this is the most concerning thing, and, and it all it works together as part of this, is the Browns' defense last year, one of the biggest problems they had was getting off the field on third down. They could not get off the field on third down. I think they were 25th in the league getting off the field on third down. Oh, well, they're a whole lot worse than 25th so far this year. They are dead last, and... The Texans were 8 of 14 in this game, getting off the field on third down, and it is ugly. The Browns can't generate the pass rush. Their secondary players then can't cover long enough in space, and so the Texans are just up and down the field, and that's what happened a lot of today is it was like, okay, Browns defense on first down, you know, stop, second down, you know, slight gain, third down, boom, pass. It felt like that happened a lot. And the problem with that, too, is then your offense sits on the field for a while. The Texans had a lot of long drives. The Chiefs had a lot of long drives. Makes it really hard for your offense to get into rhythm, and it puts a lot of pressure on them to score points. Now, the Browns' offense has delivered in these last two games, but it would be nice if they you know, were able to get in a rhythm, but they have not been able to because of this Browns' defense. So... Take all that into consideration. Yeah, the the personnel struggles, they're not getting off the field on third down. And I think the overarching question here is, is it Joe Woods or is it the personnel? And my answer is it's both. I there, there was a play in the first quarter that I thought was a good example. Denzel Ward got beat on an outbreaking route when he had inside safety help over the top. And that's a failure in execution from Denzel Ward. But it's also a failure in coaching. That not he supposed to know where his help is? Like at some point, I'm not sure who's to blame. But the defense is still, it's a problem. So here's the thing about Joe Woods. He plays a ton of quarters, which is what the the St. or well, I was about to call them the St. Louis Rams. The Los Angeles Rams play a ton of quarters. That's why you went and got Joe Johnson and Troy Hill. Very familiar with what the what the Rams do. And analytics wise, a lot of people love that defense in today's day and age. You get more defensive backs on the field. You dare teams to run the football, and, and from there, it, it can be an effective way to go about stopping the modern NFL passing game. That's great, but it doesn't seem to be working for the Browns the same way it did for the Rams. And last year we gave Joe Woods a pass, right? Everybody did because we recognized the defensive talent. Hey, what are you going to do? He doesn't have the guys. I'm sorry. Denzel Ward is a guy and things aren't working. So I do think it's a combination, but in previous podcasts, I have defended Joe Woods. You're going to stop hearing that from me. I think, a lot, I think a lot of this has to do with, with coaching and execution. I mean, at some point, why are your players not able to tackle? Why are they so off in, in coverage, in space? I don't think it's all on the execution 
of the players. I think they're being put in tough spots too. So as I said, the short answer is both. The long answer is that, that Joe Woods is a bigger part in it than I had previously considered. All right, that's, that's all of my thoughts on the defense for now. I mean, you know, a couple hours after the game, I'm sure more will come out. We'll get more stats to bring to you guys tomorrow. But the third de- down defense and, and then the struggles at all three levels, you know, that's, that's all tough. On the offensive side of the football, look, it was good for the most part. Now, I, I don't want to be too critical of the offensive side of the football other than Jack Conklin, it is a little concerning that he doesn't look very good in pass protection so far this year. Not sure what's going on there. And all training camp, we heard reports that like Clowney is just owning Jack Conklin. And part of me is wondering if maybe that wasn't just that Jadavion Clowney was a beast, that maybe Conklin struggling a little bit, excuse me, struggling a little bit so far this year. I'm not sure, but he's had some bad reps. Uh, he was a great, great player last year. I think he can turn it around, but I'm, I'm, just going to point that out that 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 is a slight issue to be concerned about especially when on the other side of the football jed wills today was hurt and i'm not going to be critical of his performance because chris hubbard was out jed wills giving it a go to try to not let the browns go to their third left tackle is admirable but he he was really limited in his mobility today i'm glad they ended up pulling him for blake hans blake hans i tweeted this out because we got that injury news after our preview podcast but I'm very familiar with Blake Hans as a Northwestern guy. He started 42 games, basically 40 years at left tackle for us uh, at Northwestern and is a very solid player. Kicked into guard in the pros because he's not a great athlete, but he could play there in a pinch if we need him next week against the Bears. It might be time to do that because Jed Wills needs to rest that ankle. He, he did not look good, as I said. Not going to be more critical than that for Jed Wills because I know what was you know going on in his head trying to gut it out. He doesn't even have his backup there, but yeah, it was uh, not not his best work. All right, last thing to touch on from the game uh, on a negative side of things is the injuries. Jarvis Landry is the biggest one. Sprained MCL. You're looking at two to four weeks there usually uh, in terms of that. So he's probably headed to the IR, I would think, because they, they're going to want to activate Davion Davis from the practice squad. Quick note on Davion Davis, if you don't know who he is, he was this FCF star uh, at Sam Houston State, uh, and then he was suspended two games to start this year for a substance abuse policy. But I know a lot of people uh, want to see him because he's got some crazy, crazy highlights out there from his FCS days. He was like a three-time All-American and, and just absolutely dominated at that level. Who knows what, what he can bring to the team, but they'll get him. Thankfully, they'll hopefully get Odell Beckham Jr. back at the same time, because they're uh, they're running a little thin here at, at receiver in this one. The Browns have a lot of receiver depth, but, but it's being tested here with OBJ out the first couple games, and now Landry going to be out too, so... If both LSU guys in Landry and OBJ miss next week, it's going to be a a lot on young guys' shoulders. Uh, Anthony Schwartz looked great in week one. I didn't think he had a bad game in week two, but the interception was his fault. He stopped that route, and I'm not quite sure why. So you're going to see those mistakes with young receivers. Donovan Peoples-Jones has made his fair share of mistakes these first couple weeks as well. Again, good players, not 
fully concerned, but yeah, you, you hate to be missing your your veterans there. You know, oh, I already touched on Will's ankle, uh, Baker's shoulder. That's the other thing. He uh, he came back in the game. Stefanski said after he's sore. Hopefully, because it's his non-throwing shoulder, if they can keep him upright against the Bears next week, that'll be something that heals over time. Doesn't affect his his throwing too much because other than that. Other, you know, Baker just needs to make sure he gets out of bounds, he gets down, and doesn't take hits, and I think he'll be fine there shoulder-wise. Okay. We touched on all the bad things from the game, which is mostly the defense. I do want to single out a couple good things, too, because there were a couple good things. Uh, first off, I want to single out Grant Elbert. What a debut for that guy. I'm happy for him. I'm Tearing your Achilles in the first snap of training camp, that's just brutal. It's terrible. It was sad to see. And then it felt like this training camp with all the injuries he had that, boy, we might not see him on the field very much. Maybe his season is going in the wrong direction. Maybe his career is going in the wrong direction at this point with the injuries. And then he came out today in his first game and he looked really solid. He made a couple of big plays, which was fun. He had the sack at the end, which was great. He was unblocked and he, it wasn't perfect, but he, but he showed, hey, this is why the Browns drafted him. This is why he could be an impactful safety. He deserves to be on the field. So I, that was just it, it brought a smile to my face, and I'm excited to see a lot more from him. He played with a lot of speed out there. Uh, the second thing is Nick Chubb. It doesn't get old. We got to keep mentioning it because he's fantastic. 8.6 yards per carry today. And at the end of the day, Nick Chubb is really this team's identity. He's at the core of this team's identity, which is why I'm so happy they extended him. Is yes, the, the running game has a lot to do with the offensive line. But when you have Nick Chubb, he's the one that that puts the fear in opponents. He's the one that closes games for us where it feels like the offensive line got him three yards, but he managed to make another cut to get us five to cut up through the hole and get eight. He'll fall forward for another two yards. It just feels like every play is like that for him, where he just does that one extra thing, that one extra stiff arm to gain, you know, more yards. It's just out of this world. His vision is incredible. He's great at breaking tackles. You combine him and Kareem Hunt. They're just a forced to deal with and and he deserved this so much after last week's fumble you could tell it was killing him last week he is our closer and he is absolutely on his way to another fantastic season i think i saw he's also already sixth all time in franchise history for rushing touchdowns which is pretty insane seeing as the browns just gave him an, an extension so nick chubb wanted to give him a shout out got a shout out baker mayfield too it's almost being lost so far because of all the other storylines that have happened for the Browns these first two games. Baker for the second week in a row looks fantastic. The interception was not his fault. He's completing 81% of his passes so far this season. He's, and, and it's not like he's a dink and dunk quarterback either. I saw last week against the Chiefs, he basically threw into the tightest windows of any quarterback, which is why he had such uh, you know, great metrics in terms of expected, you know, um, completion percentage above what you would expect and all that kind of stuff. Cause he's just launching the ball into tight windows. He looks so decisive out there. You're not seeing the big, you know, he had some games last year where 
He'd be accurate for most of the game, but would have some big misses. Has he thrown a pass where you're like, whoa, that was just a bad throw from Baker? Doesn't really feel like it. So it's, again, as I said, being under-discussed because maybe for Browns fans, it felt like a given. But I can say personally, I wasn't 100% there. You know, those first six games from last season in particular have stuck with me where I was like, okay, is he just – is that guy just gone? Is he just going to continue to ascend? And so far, he's played at uh, uh, the level that he played at at the end of last season. He's looked great. And ultimately, at the end of the day, the Browns are going to go as far as Baker Mayfield could take them. And right now, the signs are there that, that he looks like a quarterback of a double-digit win team. Odell Beckham Jr., we need him. We need him, and he's coming back at the right time. So... That, that's the other thing is I, it sounds like he's going to be back for week three. At least that's what I'm hearing. And uh, we, we need it. So, all right, that's it for the show. Just a reaction show, but the Browns won. I'll add that too is the last positive thing. The Browns won. It's victory Monday. They won by 10 points. Oh, one other good thing. I got to shout out, shout out to Browns fans. God, it was nice to hear Browns fans, all those shots of the Mooney lot. I mean, the Muni lot had me, gave me chills almost. The seeing all the people sleeping out there the night before, it, the vibe today just felt different on game day. A good Browns team with a full Browns crowd just going nuts. It was cool. It was really cool. It, it, I, the vibes like that just haven't been there because of the team these last couple of years. And the team won. They lived up to it. And at the end of the day, that's what's important. I'm excited. For the season going forward, they we'll see what happens this week. Uh, not only are the Browns going to have some news unfold this week, I think, with OBJ and some of the other injuries, but also the Bears, the opponent, uh, Andy Dalton versus Justin Fields, will be a topic all week too. So we'll have to see who's playing. But but things so far, back on track for the Browns, one and one. Despite some of the defensive problems, we'll just have to wait and see and evaluate them next week because, like I said, you know, Davis Mills came in. The Browns shut him down. Not sure really what that tells you, but they'll have a week to try to figure things out now, and and they'll have to if they want to be better against the Bears. Okay, now, now we'll cut it off there. As I said, Jordan and I back on this feed tomorrow to get his thoughts on the game, and then we'll have a Bears preview and so much more on this feed, but... Until next time, Browns fans, just two words for you. Go Browns.